Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Pre-Med Perspectives. I'm Lassia, and today I'm here with a very special guest. He is all over my For You page, and I went further to look at his YouTube. He is the person who got a 523 on his MCAT, and today he's here to tell us everything about that. How are you today, Josh? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. So to get started, um, Josh is a part of the Penn State BSMD program, and Explain to our audience, like, kind of why you had to take it. So basically, our program is uh, three years at Penn State and then four years at Jefferson. And part of the, so a lot of programs have, like, GPA requirements to stay in the program. Ours also has an MCAT component. So we have, we had to take the MCAT and get a minimum of a 504 in order to matriculate into medical school. So Josh obviously exceeded that 504 by a lot. So congrats on doing that. Um, I want to start off by talking about how you started this journey to starting for the MCAT and how you made a plan. I guess it started off like, I think everyone starts off without too much of an idea of what to do. But luckily for me, I had a lot of friends in the program a year above me who had just taken it the summer before me. So I asked a lot of them what they did. I had one friend in particular who actually got, I think, a 527. And uh, that's crazy. Recommended that he said that he didn't even do content review. He went straight into practice, practice tests and uh, practice questions right away. But I thought that there was a a good bit of stuff that either I didn't know yet or I had to like brush up on. So I first decided to just do a short, very quick, but pretty thorough content review period. So that lasted me 18 days. And then after that, uh, I, I would do one practice test a week and then go over that test and then go over the topics that I miss and then yeah, I just went from there. So just to give our audience an idea of the classes you need to take before the MCAT, um, they recommend you take uh, general chemistry one and two, organic chemistry one and two, two semesters of biology, two semesters of physics, um, biochemistry, and what am I missing? Um, psych, soch. So are there any classes in this list that you didn't take and you rather just self-studied for? I had taken all the classes except for psych and social. So psych and social I self-studied for, but in, in terms of psych, I had taken AP psych in high school. So you had some idea. Yeah, I had some idea of what it was. And like social, just in general, is one of the topics that I'm more interested in. And so I haven't taken social directly, like a introduct, introductory sociology course, but I have courses and so so they somewhat related back to the MCAT not not as much as just an intro social course would but I yeah no that makes complete sense but so just to go back a little bit to your question on or the thing you said about content versus practicing so you said that you had a little bit of a period on content and you know you said you took your practice text tests every week. How long did you go over content before you actually started taking the practice test? Uh, I went over content for 
18 days before I started going over practice questions. So basically the way I did it was the, uh, the seven book set from Kaplan. I went over basically a book every between two and three days. And then uh, anything I didn't know, I would just look up on Khan Academy or I would uh, look it up online or something like that. And then, that makes complete sense. And then luckily, it just so happened that my Kaplan book set, I have forgotten. Like our school shut down and everything in March and all my stuff was still at school. So my, my MCAP book set was still at school. That sucks. Yeah. But then there was some dude on like Facebook marketplace. He was like, yeah, I'll sell you the Kaplan and Princeton review book set. Uh, together for like 60 bucks so i just bought it off him and then uh, that's how i did the content review awesome so with content review obviously i i have a feeling you'd have to know the content before doing the practice questions so I, would you recommend taking a diagnostic before studying um the content personally i i don't that, but that's just my opinion. I didn't take a diagnostic until after I finished the content because I think it sort of might scare you into thinking yeah. that you're a lot like less competent than you actually are. Mm -hmm. Because like, I know I for one, like gen chem, bio, some of that stuff, like you, you took like almost two years or even three years before you were taking the MCAT. And I know even in like the short span of like one semester, you can even forget some of that stuff. Right. So like you might be taking the MCAT and like when you should be scoring maybe like a 505 or a 510 on your diagnostic, you're getting like a 490, like seven. And it might scare you into thinking you're a lot worse off than you actually are. No, that makes complete sense. And, you know, you want to be as confident as possible while practicing for this monumental exam. So did you use any flashcards like Anki or Quizlet or did you just make like what type of notes did you make or what type of methods did you use to memorize your content? I guess I I did use the miles down Anki deck but just in general I, I like uh, just taking notes in a notebook mm -hmm. for the way I take notes you don't necessarily look back at your notes it's just it's just like every once in a while you rewrite your notes that way it's it's similar in theory to like spaced repetition so like every once in a while you go back and relearn the content so that's what i would do yeah that that's really helpful because you don't really necessarily have to memorize every piece of information you encounter so this whole studying process lasted you how many months it lasted me three months yeah so through these three months what was your study routine like and how did you prevent burnout? So basically the first 18 days were a lot more intensive than the next following like two and a half months. The first 18 days, because like you, you have to fit an entire uh, like subject area within two to three days of content review, I, I, would be studying like between like eight to 12 hours a day.
going wow. over a bunch of uh, topics that you might have forgotten, trying to like memorize uh, as much in a short an amount of time as possible. Like, and like as I said, certain topics. You might, I may, I've t- I took all the classes required, but it didn't necessarily go over everything required. For example, uh, the uh, biology, the physiology involved in the stomach is not something that we went over in our physiology course. Digestion is not something we went over. So during that short period of time, like there's a lot of review, but there's also a lot of like just teaching yourself a new concept. So that's why I had to study eight to today during that yeah, short period yeah. of time that makes sense you're basically filling in the gaps that you had from taking the classes and the content they didn't cover in the classes and did you think that you necessarily need to have taken all these classes before or is it totally possible to self-study like let's say you didn't take um, I don't know physics or biochem do you think someone would be able to sit down and teach themselves all of that within the three months uh everyone I think yes but the, the classes in specific as to what you can skip and what you shouldn't skip depends person to person. Sure, that makes sense, like, yeah. There are some people that are naturally better at biochem or naturally better at learning physics quickly or naturally better at like picking up like biology, anatomy, or physiology concepts. I think if that's you and you think you can quickly pick up like biochem or physics then by all means it's not necessary to take like those high level physics courses but i think it is still helpful to have taken the classes the the two classes that you definitely don't need to take though and this is there's a lot of consensus on this throughout like the internet are a psych and so you don't necessarily yeah yeah no that makes complete sense and i think a lot of people there's a lot of misconceptions out there about what is covered on the MCAT and it's all outlined on the um, AAMCS website for anyone that wants a further look into it. So you studied for three months, you did eight to 12 hours a day, the first 18 days, you really worked hard. Tell me a little bit about how test day was like, was it, was it nerve wracking? Did you feel at ease? What were your emotions? I think in general, I am... I pride myself on being a good test taker. So I think it's test day was was very smooth, very good. I think it's leading up to test day that was a lot more nerve-wracking for me because there were points in time when I felt as though like three months was too long of a time to have studied personally. Like I felt as though I was just looking over the same things over and over again and that I could have done this in like two or two and a half months but that I was just stressing myself out for an extra month or half a month during that period of time and I think during that period of time like like I would go to sleep a lot of nights and like be really stressed but I think test day itself is like game day and personally for me it was it was COVID it was the COVID MCAT so I went in and like you had to check in and you were socially distanced and everything. And there were only like two or three other people there. So it was pretty calm. And then the entire time while I was taking it, like things appeared to be going pretty smoothly. They, they went pretty similarly to the full length. So 
it didn't feel too bad. And I think after coming out, I felt relatively confident. So that was good. Good for you. Honestly, uh, you, you didn't crack under pressure and that's an amazing skill to have to be a great test taker as a future physician, because you're going to be taking tests for the rest of your life. Just about Uh, one thing. Mm-hmm. One thing I want to say is that a lot of people will come out and feel as though they bombed the MCAT. And I didn't necessarily feel as though I bombed it, but there's a huge range that you'll come out of the test thinking that it's possible, or a huge range that's possible in your mind for you to have gotten, if that makes sense. Because yeah, necessarily know what you did right and what you did wrong. You might come out knowing certain things that you did right and certain things that you did wrong, but you shouldn't freak out necessarily because of the possible scores that you can get, if that makes sense. No, I understand what you're saying, yeah. In my head, I had made a YouTube video about this after I took the MCAT. Yeah, I watched that actually, that was a good one. It was possible for me to get anything from like a a 516 to a 523. And luckily I scored on like the high end of that. Yeah. But there were definitely questions that I, I know for a fact that I had gotten wrong and they stressed me out a lot after taking the MCAT, but you never necessarily know what the curve is graded on. So you should, you should trust your full length. That's something I have to say in terms of that. I'm glad you say that. And if I'm understanding correctly, what you're saying is that you just need to believe in all the hard work you've put in and leave the rest up to the MCAT guys because there's a lot of room for um, discrepancies in the way it's graded on the curve. So that does make total sense. And I think there's no point after the exam to be, you know, sitting in a pit of knots because you have no control over your score at that point and you have to hope for the best exactly. so speaking of score um you did what was your reaction opening your score and what are some things you've learned through the process that you wish if you were to do this again which you won't that you would change let's see my reaction i, I filmed my reaction but i never actually put that up on the internet although i have a short short clip of it on tiktok but like People that's awesome. saying like, oh, that's good enough, right? And then a lot of people thought that I meant like, oh, like, like that, that's a, like that's, that's a score that like I'm not super happy with, but, uh, but is good enough. And I think it came off a little bit, <laughs> came off a little bit wrong. I think I, during that, like, uh, it was only two weeks for me, but during that two week waiting period between like taking the MCAT and getting my score, it was like one of the most stressful periods of my life. I can imagine. That is, that waiting period was much more stressful than actually having to go take the MCAT for me. And I think in my head, like after thinking it's possible to get a 516, like it dropped even lower to like, oh, maybe I could have gotten a 512 or it could have even been like a 508. Who knows what I did wrong, right? So then after getting the score back, I was just like relieved that like it wasn't bad more than I was like happy that it was a good score, if that makes sense. And- yeah, that's awesome. And I think it's, I, I feel like after you take the MCAT and you get your score back, it's like whatever score is there, you just have to be proud of yourself that you put in months and months of work. You sat through a freaking seven hour exam and you made it to the end, if that makes sense. So exactly, it's, it, it is really stressful, especially when, 
there are so many people who, I mean, it might be their last chance or they might be on a strict deadline or they're on their God knows what, right, for the MCAT. And you just need to put that all aside and hope for the best. So if you were to do this process all over again, what are some things you would have changed, if anything? Well, first of all, I think that just personally, I would have it's not necessarily always the more time you have, the better. That's one thing that's, that was a misconception of mine. For sure. Taking the exam. I, it's not necessarily but the best habit of mine, but sometimes I, I think like tomorrow's problems are tomorrow's problems and today's problems are today's problems. So then, uh, so when I was scheduling for the MCAT, I was just thinking like, oh, the more time, the better. We'll think about the MCAT when the time comes because you actually schedule like like maybe three or four, or even like five months before you're actually going to start studying for the MCAT. Sometimes. Right. So I was like, it's always the more time, the better. But I, I don't think that's necessarily the case for everyone. If you're like already relatively well prepared, like you, you're fresh out of taking biochem, fresh out of taking bio and like orgo and like physics and all these things, right? If, if that's the case and you already feel really prepared, if you, the more time you study, it might actually stress you out more because like sometimes you feel as though there's more and more things that you don't know, even though you do know them. So- yeah, and I think, sorry to interrupt you, but like you said, yeah, it's a huge misconception. And I've also heard that before. And I just, just thinking about it from a logical standpoint, not that I studied for the MCAT before, but it's like how long can you keep that study grind up for I feel like the longer you go the the quicker you'd be to burning out is that kind of how you you think about it exactly that's that's pretty much the case unless uh unless that length is during the school year that makes sense yeah studying full-time then the longer you go it might be the more likely you're going to burn out but if you're studying like an hour a day during the school year, it might be better to increase the length of time you're studying because it's because it's just something you're doing on the side. It's not necessarily like something that you're like devoting your life to in that period of time. Correct so me. I, so correct me if I'm wrong. You took it, you studied and took it in the summer, right? Yes. Okay, perfect. Yeah. I, that yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I think if you're doing it in the summer, it might be better to just stick to that three month time frame and not try to push it back unless you know for a fact that like, oh, you're you're going to do terrible, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I think you what you're trying to say is just from the get go, don't give yourself like full 12 months to study for the MCAT as as you go through the study process based on your confidence and your test performance you can adjust the time schedule as um as Mm -hmm. needed awesome so thank you so much Josh for your time today make sure you check him out on TikTok at pre-med Josh and his YouTube is Josh Chen he has a really good resources up on there about how to do well on the MCAT but remember it's the number on the MCAT isn't the end-all be-all if you really do want to be a physician, but I do understand it is very stressful. Thank you so much for tuning in this week, and we'll see you next Friday. Bye. Thank you, Josh.